0: All right, take out your note sheet out of that pile of information that you got there. And uh, as far as Advent Sundays, last week was the first Sunday, which is what? Those of you that grew up with that church tradition? Hope, same person as last week. Thanks, David. All right. Did anybody grow up in a church that you, where you celebrated Advent? Some of you are like I, I don't know, Pastor. Uh, uh, advent is simply the, the the anticipation of the coming of Christ. His first advent. We also happen to be uh, uh, part of Orthodox Christian uh, doctrine that believes that there's going to be a second advent. Right? He's going to come again. Okay, we'll talk about that maybe <laughs> the first of the year. Like really, we believe that? <laughs> oh, no, we do. Okay, we didn't create it. It's not uh, not not something new, but. Uh, so last week, you we know, you look at hope, and it's one of the great uh, gifts of this time of year, true hope, deep hope, uh, hope provided by God himself, not by any individual or any group. And uh, today being week two, I'll give David a chance to, to shine bright again and tell us week two is peace. There we go. See, it's not the worst thing to do to drag your kids to church. Because then when they're older and sitting in church, they might remember. So it was kind of fun. A few weeks ago, um, you know, you have to give credit where it's due, which is to God. And uh, I don't know, probably six, eight weeks ago, Pastor Jared and I were sitting down and working on some of this stuff. And um, I went, yes, it's going to work out perfect. Because if you look at the Beatitudes where we're at, which anybody want to look at your note sheet and see what verse 9 talks about? Peacemakers, guess what we're going to talk about today? I'm just going to jump to the very end and just tell you I would love to be part of a church full of peacemakers. Amen. Huh? Maybe it's easier than you think, maybe it's harder than you think, but I'm going to tell you again, friends, the Bible's so clear that the, the issue isn't, uh, uh, you know, hey, can we read the Bible and understand it? The issue is much more, hey, am I going to read the Bible and actually do what it Says so, verse 9 is where we're going to focus today. Blessed are the peacemakers. What's the promise there? For they will be called sons of God. Remember, the Bible was written in the masculine, so ladies, thank you for not being offended. Daughters of God, children of God. Now, that's a powerful connection. All the other Beatitudes we've looked at, none of them said you're going to be referred to. As being related to God. Maybe we need to spend a little bit more time on that because then we're like, yeah, big deal. We're talking about God looking at you and saying, yeah, that's my daughter. That's my son. That's my family. And the thing that Scripture lists that ties those together is being a peacemaker. Now, please. Don't work on anybody else and their relationship with God today. Just work on yourself, okay? Evidently, there is at least the ability, maybe the propensity in our hearts to not be peacemakers. Maybe the opposite of that, the, 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 the far extreme would be you would be a person who actually likes dissension. Discord, drama, unhappiness, strife. none of that's encouraged by scripture, but if this was a it was an absolute guarantee i don't think it'd be listed in scripture if it was going to just happen if if there was nothing that you and I needed to do I, i'm I'm not sure that it would be here. Peacemakers or or things like this. this is your first feeling there on the front side. They have a deep desire. For peace, and I use the word deep desire because it's entirely possible that you might have a casual interest, but that's not what God has when it comes to being a peacemaker. They have a a, an understanding and a value of the importance of being a peacemaker. I'm I'm, I'm just going to tell you, friends. No, no, not going to mince any words today. This this is like a major league thing. You say, well, "What about the other ones? They're all good too." Okay? But when we look at Christmas and we look at the the life of Jesus, one of the things that was prophesied that was of the names that was given Christ was what? He said he'll be called. Good job. We're tracking a little bit. All right. <laughs> and so, to be a follower of Christ inherently means. I'd be a person who has a deep desire for peace, that I would be an engaged individual in the peacemaking process. The opposite of that are are people who are competitive, who are self-centered, who are just interested in their own personal agendas. Peacemaking is difficult, Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, all right? Somebody gave this definition of peacemaker, so I wrote it down and put it on your note sheet. Peacemakers show others how to have inward peace. That's the first and the most important type of peace. And secondly, how to be instruments of peace in the world. Let's talk about the first one this morning. If you have any interest at being a peacemaker, the first thing you have to do is make peace with God. You can't dispense something. You can't be engaged in a process that you know nothing about. You don't get to act like a peacemaker. And sometimes you may have felt, you might not even use that word or similar. You're going into a, 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 a situation with, you know, with family or work or neighborhood or whatever. And you're feeling this weight and you're thinking, hey, I I I I've got to be the one that has to kind of be the go-between. Anybody ever been the none of you? All right. Well, nine of you that can relate to this, so let's talk for a minute. Sometimes we feel like, hey, i, I got to be the the buffer. i got to make sure that so-and-so doesn't mention this to so-and-so because that's, that's fire. Right? And, and, and here's the problem. That's not a bad thing, but if you don't know about peace, you're not going to do well at it. Oh, you might have some 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 basic relational success some some managerial success as far as you know arranging things logistically or something but the first type of peace and the in the in the peace that Jesus came to provide primarily is internal that spiritual peace with god and and uh, and I'm glad you're here today I I really am but you know I I think you know this you can attend church 52 weeks a year and still not have that peace. You've got to decide that. Right? And so when we think, and, and all we talk about today, because one of the things, and I, I'm guilty of this, I, I slip into the practical and slip into the relational and slip into to community peace and world peace. And, and, and you start thinking big. And that's okay, but if you don't first have peace in your own heart and life, you're going to miss it. You're just going to miss out. First of all, you're going to miss out on the gift of Jesus Christ. He came that we'd be restored with God, that our sins are forgiven. Sometimes, we, 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 maybe you've been forgiven so long, you've forgotten how wonderful that is. That's a great, amazing gift, whether that's something new in your life or whether you've been a believer for longer than I've been alive, which is getting a little harder to say nowadays, but anyway. So peacemakers show others how to have inward peace with God, and then secondly, how to be instruments of peace in the world, and that's where I just really get excited about being part of a church where, hey, you know what? Let's be peacemakers. When we when we go through all of these, it's good. Blessed are those who mourn, who are who are sorrowful for their sin and and their failure. Blessed are those who are meek, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Last week we looked at at pure at heart, and that comes up again uh, as as we work on peacemaking. Okay? Bottom line on your fill-in on the front of your note sheet, really what Jesus is preaching here is about an entirely new set of attitudes. An entirely new way of uh, of thinking driven by new values. He's talking about all all new attitudes, all new way of thinking. Not just so that you would aspire to something, but in changing your value system. Most of you, if you if you woke up this morning, I, I doubt, and it's okay, you're not bad. I, I, I did because I knew what we were doing, but if, w- one of the first 10 things you didn't think about probably was, hey, I need to be a peacemaker today. Now, I'm not saying you got up, you know, willing to wage war, all right, uh, or like that's on your agenda, but I don't know that it's something that we keep really in, in kind of our near sight, our near vision and I'm going to suggest to you that based on Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, we should. Because it's the thing in all of these beatitudes that links us to being related to God. Now, some of you have uh, uh, good uh, uh, friendships and, and family connections, and, and you like those. And some of you don't, and you downplay them. You're like, oh, who, what? No, I thought that was your uncle. No, that's not my uncle. I don't, I don't want to be associated with that. That's not my friend. That's not my, eh. Think with me for a minute about being referred to as a child of God, a son or a daughter. The link that's made here in chapter 5 and 9 is being a peacemaker. So all new attitudes because of values are changed. Hey, that's something I want, something I have a deep desire or turn your note sheet over really quick. Uh, uh, the Beatitudes are not a series of suggestions. All right? I don't say that to be funny. All right? They're not a series of suggestions. Hey, if you get around to it you know, in 2018, 2019, 2020, whenever you get around to it, maybe you ought to start thinking about these things. It's really a, a, a set of expectations. So the feeling I have for you on the top of your note sheet there on the back is obedience is not optional. One of the things, and there's there's a long list, but one of the things I'm going to be held responsible for as your pastor is telling it to you straight. Right? Someone tell it to you straight again this morning. Obedience is not optional. We don't get to look through this and go, oh, yeah, I can't wait till pastor moves on to something a little more fun. <laughs> Actually, being a peacemaker is pretty fun. All right? Learning how to adopt these attitudes by changing your values is is a gift that can only be given from God. I got to tell you straight this morning, friends, obedience isn't optional. Anytime you and I, and unfortunately I don't have any kind of super pass or anything that I get to waive, anytime that we operate outside of God's best for us, it costs us. But what he's preaching here is, blessed are the people who do these things. So the expectation is hey, the Son of God is teaching these. Pay attention and do them. Right? James chapter 3 says this, verse 15. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. How we know there's one more than one source of wisdom. One source of true wisdom. But jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and motivated by the devil. I didn't say it. I'm just reading it. Where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you will find disorder in every kind of evil. So that's, I give that to you to contrast that to the next portion of this text, which is going to talk about a peaceful environment. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, what's the Bible say there? Pure. What did we talk about last week? Verse 8, which is what? Pure in heart. Right? So again, evidently, that's something that Scripture is interested in. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. If you're looking at a, for a good definition of of a peacemaker, that's that's top five for you right there. All right. You say, well, Pastor, I mean, if if I have it my goal, if, if, I, if, I, if I buy into this value of being a peacemaker and, and want to change my attitude, what does it look like? What the Bible says, first of all, it's pure at heart, that intentional, singular focus on living a life that pleases God. It's peace-loving, gentle at all times. How many of you find it uh, fairly easy to be gentle occasionally when you need to, all right? But what Scripture says is at all times. And so we process that through. It's willing to yield to others. My experience tells me that's a big barrier in our culture to peace. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be looked at as weak. I don't want to be looked at as having given in. Listen, peace-loving has nothing to do with being floppy-sloppy. It has nothing to do with that. All right? There's things that, friends, we just plain do not get to compromise on. Core truths. Peacemaking isn't about trying to get everybody together to agree, and, okay, you change your belief on this, and I'll change mine, and we'll get together and everybody will be peaceful. All right? But one of the things that I might have to do on occasions is yield to others. I might have to sit in the second seat or the third row seat. Actually, that's probably a terrible analogy in church, huh? because it fills up from the back forward. All my years of of, of pastoring, I've never seen anybody come and put a coat and a Bible on the front row. Now, somebody's going to do it next week just to be cute, but But those back row seats, you got to get here early. You really do. I mean, i don't know what the deal is with that, eh. but—but I might have to yield. I might have to prefer you in love, and say, "Hey, that's okay. We can, we can, we can do it that way." Now, again, I'm not talking about core biblical—you know—buying into aberrant theology, which we're not even going to go there. All right, it's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality and is always sincere. This is God's wisdom. This is when we gain His knowledge. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of what? Peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Didn't you just get that language? I know it's winter. I know it's a little cold. It's a little rainy out there. But just think about spring for a minute with me. Think about seed planting. I've lived in the same house the longest I've ever lived in, a singular house, and I think we're coming up on 17 years or something, um, and <laughs> every year my garden is terrible, and I find myself going to produce stand and, and Costco and stuff and getting my produce, because my garden's terrible. You know why? I don't plan anything. Other than a few occasional tomato plants, you know, depending on the year and some peppers if I'm motivated. But I don't have a big harvest to pull off of of my ground. Why? I didn't plant any seeds. If you want to be a peacemaker, if you have that desire to follow Christ, one of the things that James says is that they will plant seeds. How does that look like? Well, don't overcomplicate it. Do kind things, good deeds. Don't show partiality. In doing that, that's seed planting. Just accepting people for who they are and where they are. Don't put up ridiculous spiritual requirements. Oh, I could be kind to you as soon as you get close enough to my spiritual level. Now, none of you have ever thought that in this room, but I know the people that are typically here next hour, and some of them are prone to that. What does that look like? As you walk, even even today, how many of you know it's okay to, to 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 exercise your Christianity on Sunday? I mean, you are you're here, but like this doesn't have to be the end of it. You could find opportunities to be a peacemaker today. To plant some some seeds. To do the things that are listed here. Gentle at all times. That's just good living. And what it will do is it will bring a harvest. The Bible says a harvest of goodness. What a gift. Friends, peacemaking is something that believers are supposed to do because our Lord and Savior and God Almighty have done it, continue to do it, and will always do it. And you don't probably want to think about this. I, I don't enjoy thinking about it, but it's the truth. God went through great effort to pursue you. We're the one that has the problem. And God's the one that came up with the solution. That seems a little backwards to our society sometimes, doesn't it? All eh? right. How many of you ever said, well, I can't be at pers- peace with that person because... Da, 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 da. Raise your hand just real quick. Oh, this thing is... I'm going to break my wrist on that thing before the year's over. huh. I didn't. I didn't have room to include this, but, but uh, 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 James chapter uh, two talks about uh, uh, as much as possible, as much as you can keep the peace. All right. Verse nineteen says it this way. So, do you think it's enough just to believe that there's only one God? What's the answer to that? Careful. No, it's not. All right. In fact, I love this. I love the candidness of Scripture. Well, even the demons believe this. All right? Now, I'm going to open up a can of worms here, and I'm going to move right past it, and you can figure it out this week on your own. It, for Christians, is it enough just to believe there's only one God? The answer, I think, is no. You can argue with me, but I got the Bible. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Why? Because God wants us to be growing in his likeness. Verse 24 then will you ever learn that faith that does not result in goods, deeds, is useless? You've got to be planting some seeds of peace in your life. First of all, you've got to settle your own relationship with God and who you are. Friends, there's nothing, nothing more transformative than to, to learn and relearn what God thinks about you, who you are. The stability and the the depth that that will bring to your life. I promise you, you'll you'll stop running around chasing other opinions so fast, you'll wonder what happened to you. Eh? Why? Because you understand who you are in Christ. But you're going to long for and you're going to desire to have peace. But if you don't get there, what do you do? Some people don't want to be at peace with you. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand on that. We just know it's true. We have uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. All right. Uh, 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 I mean, the, the, the latter part of that is where we, where we uh, read from typically for, for communion, for the Lord's Supper. Right? But he says, hey, there's divisions amongst you. And, and he says, and I don't have difficulty believing that. Why? Look around. We are different people, we come from different angles, we like different stuff. And sometimes we will go to the mat of life for the silliest thing. Go ahead and ask me, Pastor. Like, how silly, Pastor? Like, which college football team is better? I mean, we just, I was with a group of people the other day, like, there was like four uh, 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 families representing, I think we had four different colleges. I'm so proud of myself, I didn't even break out in hives. I just got along with them. It could be how you do Christmas. I told you I was going to tell you the truth today. Well, but I mean, that, that, that's, that, that, that's the way it's got. Christmas looks like this. Okay. Okay. But if my desire, if the longing, if the deep desire in my heart is to have peace, I might have to yield to somebody else's way of doing things. I've told you this before, but let's just so that we stay on the same page. You know, just because I'm the pastor, grace, we're not doing everything my way. I'm okay with that. All right? My role is to serve and to lead, not to say, hey, I'm a dictator. It's got to be this way. And to go, all right? There's going to be times when people don't want to be at peace with you. But here's what I can tell you. We'll write this down in the margin, or whatever. But you can be at peace with them. You know, if you got somebody that wants to fight, doesn't mean you have to fight them. Tug of war is probably the best example, right? That I can think of. You can always drop your end of the rope. There doesn't have to be an ongoing struggle. Oh, but then I would look weak, and then I would give in, and then you'd be dealing with pride and arrogance and. Things that aren't scriptural. Because what, what five and nine values is being a peace maker. Sometimes we're fine with just being peace keepers. There's a huge difference that I don't know that we have time to unpack this morning, but what scripture encourages us to is to be makers of peace. People that go in and, and create and help generate and help foster, who are walking through life planting seeds of peace, godly behavior. I referenced kindness earlier. Uh, uh, you know, Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two: the fruit of the spirit. One of those is kindness. One of those is peace. You 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 just you can't get away from the central uh, uh, emphasis of being a peacemaker. I don't don't have it mastered, friends. I, I really wish I did, but here's what I can tell you. On those days when you feel like I've done enough, I know you don't keep score, but I'm this petty. I've done more than them. You ever kept track of how many phone calls you've made and how many they have made? or letters written, or invitations extended, or whatever, and and, and you start to think, hey, I've done my part. Okay. Now go do a little bit more. Because it's easy? Because it's fun? No, because it's the right thing. And it's what God did. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's it's Jesus always going out there and saying, hey, I love you. And what were you doing for, for quite a while in your life? Hey, I don't need you. I'm fine. I'm fine. And what's Jesus doing? I love you. I care about you. I got a plan for your life. I gave my life so that your sins could be forgiven. What what an offense. What an offensive thing we've done. And we just go, oh, God, I'm fine. I don't need you. Has that ever been true? No, we desperately need you. We act, sometimes in our culture, American culture, Western European culture, we act like we're doing God a favor. Yeah, I accepted Jesus today. I, I finally, you know, stooped to his level, going to do life his way. No. We got to receive his love and forgiveness. We got to be made right with God Almighty. So when, you're, when if you're having those times and you just feel like, man, you know, my encouragement is to look at what you know about the character of God, what you know about the character and the life of Jesus Christ, and just to keep doing it. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm just going to tell you, I've heard people say, oh, you know, you're casting your pearls before swine. Wrong scripture. <laughs> Terrible application. Oh, you're being used as a doormat. Maybe. But I treated Jesus pretty crummy for longer than I want to talk about. It's the value of saying, you know what I really want? I want to be a maker, a developer, a facilitator of peace. In my life, in my my family, in my immediate world, in my community. I don't have any dreams about, you know, becoming a UN peacekeeper or something. But you know how peace might hit the world? There's millions and millions of Christian churches around the world. What if we took serious being a peacemaker? Just you, the thing that you have total control over. How many of you found out that there's going to be people in your life that you can't control? Have you found that? How many of you need to have a conversation with me about that because you still don't believe it? But what can you do? You can control your heart and your attitude, can't you? You can, you know, I was, I was reading the other day these quick little sayings about, you know, about bitterness. You know, it, 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 it corrodes the one that holds it. Unforgiveness. Those things are corrosive to the, to the soul, friends. And so Jesus puts it out there. And, again, it's not that the other ones aren't important, but this is, this is just like, bam. I mean, here it is, folks. You want to be a child of God? Be a maker of peace. Again, we're not talking about fudging on doctrine, beliefs, in order to get people to win them over. All right? But in your heart, in your soul, what, 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 what are you interested in? Romans chapter 12 says it this way. I've already referenced it. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, I want you to underline that part. As far as it depends on you, I didn't write that. That's the Bible. Live at peace with who? Everyone. In the margin, you might write something like, yeah, her, (laughs) yeah, him, yeah, them, if it's a group. And I'm not not trying to be funny, but I mean, when when the Bible says, with everyone, evidently the standard is everyone. Now, what I don't want to do this morning is, is mention this scripture as a scapegoat. I share it to discuss reality for a minute. All right? You're not going to win everybody over. They don't want to make peace. They, they don't want to have harmony. You're, but you can be at peace with them. See, how do you know that? Because God. Because Jesus. God wasn't up in heaven hating you forever until you finally came to your senses and engaged in a relationship with him he was loving you and caring about you and dreaming about the plans that he had for you waiting longing for that relationship to be made right so i don't i don't want to talk about this this morning and say hey you know we're going to talk about being peacemakers but here's our ultimate you know out it, that, that's not what it is if it's possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with Everyone, that means we don't get to have that person or persons be the exception. and go, oh, yeah, I have read, you know, Pastor read in the Bible, so I, I don't have to be a peacemaker with them or her, or her. No, we do. Verse 19 goes on to refine it a little bit. Don't take revenge. I know, I know some of you aren't going to answer this question, but how many of you have ever taken revenge before? Just raise your hand, confess in church. Yeah. What an awful thing. I don't know about you, but my revenge attempts typically fail, and they just don't feel nearly as good as I thought they would. In fact, most of the time, the other person doesn't even know what's going on. You're living in your own crazy little world, right? You think you're getting at them, but you're, but, but you're not. But Scripture just says real clear, don't take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath. Why is that there? I believe that's there because for those persons. Because some of you have already thought, and you're going, man, I just, you you better move on, or I'm going to get up and leave. Don't get up and leave. Look at Scripture. It says don't take revenge. What what Scripture knows, what God knows, is people are going to do mean things to you. People are going to do unfair things. People are going to do things that aren't right. But don't take revenge. Far worse and far more effective than your revenge is the revenge of God. It is my revenge I will repay, says the Lord. And then Jesus, because it's what he's always doing, upping the bar, these new values that that create new attitudes in us. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, what's the Bible say there? How stupid is that? If your enemy is hungry, make sure to choke off whatever remaining food supply. Because then they're going to come crawling back to you. Or something like that. That's not what Scripture tells us to do. Do the opposite of that unredeemed heart, sinful life, and feed them. If they're thirsty, no, lie. Tell them your well's broke. (laughs) Tell them your well's got bad water. Give them something to drink. In doing this, you'll be heaping burning coals on their head. Do not... Overcome by evil, but do what? Overcome evil with good. She's just there. Here's the things I would encourage you. If you're if you're in a situation with with somebody and you're trying to make peace and and it's just not working, I'd say be I'd, I'd say be persistent because that's what I feel like God does with us. All right? now, don't wreck yourself. Don't tie all your emotions to a process that you only have part of control over. All right, but be persistent. I'm glad that God was persistent with me. And I know some of you find that hard. And you're like, Pastor, you're so amazing. I can't believe you ever would be. <laughs> but I'm glad that God didn't give up on me. I'm glad that He was persistent and he was, he was He was waiting. He was longing. He had a desire for me to make peace with Him. He'd already done everything He could do. I had to do my part of the decision-making. So I think for us, we need to be persistent with those people, all right? Uh, the other thing I would encourage you, and you don't have fill-ins because, of course, we always, I got a couple blank lines there for you, but uh, look for opportunities. And you have to decide what those are, what those seed-planting opportunities are in general terms and specifically if there's situations that, that you need to be a peacemaker in. Look for, look for opportunities. Look look for signs of change. Again, I'm not saying don't wreck yourself emotionally and go, oh, I think, you know. Now, God can do miracles, and if he can build everything that we know about in six days, He you know, he can do a lot just at the, the snap of a finger or the speaking of a word, all right? but But five or 10 or 30 years of discord may not go away in 30 seconds. But the hope that we have in Christ is that maybe that's a start. Does that make sense to you? So, so looking for opportunities to plant seeds, look for, look for some change. Why? Because God always changes the human heart. That's what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with us, coming down, connecting with us, changing us day by day, week after week, year after year. Don't. The, the second The last thing would be do, do, don't let hate grow up in your heart. Because sometimes with, 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 a, with a, a, a emotional connection, there's a lot of a, 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 a pain, there's, there, there's resistance, and, and you can feel all kinds of things. Don't let those negative emotions grow up in your heart. Yeah. Again, Where do we get that from? Well, I look, I look at the life of Jesus. He had a lot of opportunity to hate a lot of people. I, I do say this with a little bit of humor just to, to mask my sinfulness, but, I mean, if I was Jesus, I would have said some stuff. I just, I mean, and i I'm not, but, you know, I mean, can you imagine holding your tongue, going, listen, I'm going to give my life for you. Could you just shut up? None of you think that way, but for those of you that do with me, do you know what I mean? I mean, I probably would have said some stuff. But Jesus kept his heart right. He knew. The end goal. He knew what God's plan was for his life. Christmas is a great time. Uh, it's, for some of you, it's the hardest time of the year because it brings up old stuff. I want to encourage you to believe in God's plan for us, friends. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons, daughters, children of God. That's your last feeling there on the bottom. Peacemakers are sons, daughters, children of God. Of God. I'm hoping, although I'm not feeling it, I'm hoping that somebody in this room gets excited about that. That God would look down on you and say, Hey, there's my daughter. Look at her. She's out planting seeds today. Almost like she read the Bible and did it. Look at that guy. He's never done that before, he's never engaged with his family that way, he's never led his family that way. And it brings, it brings deep pleasure in God's heart when we obey him, such that he refers to us as sons and daughters. I think I've told you this before, but it's, it's one of my most poignant foster care memories is when little E said, hey, dad, 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 don't, don't call me that. And I thought, uh-oh, what did I say? None of you have ever said that, but. And I said, okay, bud. And he said, no, don't call me that. He said, call me son. Still bothers me. Why? Friends, because there's nothing like being related to your parents. It's powerful. And to be able to relate it to God Almighty, to have God look down in Woodland, Calamala Center, wherever you live in Vancouver, and say, hey, there's my son, there's my daughter. I love them. They are a peacemaker. I can count on that person. I can count on my son to be a peacemaker in that situation. I'll have to worry. Because you're living it out and you've practiced at it and you've gotten good. You're not arrogant, you're humble, but but you trust that, that the things that God has called us to do are actually attainable. That this isn't a pipe dream that, that we have this whole this great sermon and Jesus saying, blessed are all these people and this list, but we're never going to get there. That's not what it's there for. It's there to encourage us and say, hey, this is what it looks like to be a believer, to be a follower of Christ. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons and daughters and children of God. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good title. I just admitted a minute ago, if I was Jesus, if I was the actual son of God, I'd have played that card a few times when life got tough. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but my dad's kind of a big deal. You might want to be nice to me. You might want to stop doing that. But even when people were mean, Jesus was kind. He was patient. He was loving. He was the things that we looked at in, in James chapter 3. Friends, I, I, I love just, to, I've, and you, you, you're not surprised, I love to think about our church. You guys are, you know, 15 minutes and you guys are going to be somewhere else. All right? Which is good. Good. We don't need to hang out here all week. We, we, we've got work to do out in our, our families, in our, in our communities. But can you see the benefit of a couple hundred peacemakers out in our community this week? Just planting seeds, being kind to people who don't deserve it, pardon the air quotes. Reaching out to people that you've reached out before and they've told you to go jump in a lake but you're just doing it because it's what God would have his children do. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons of God. I need to pray and close this out. Kyle's got a great song for us. Would you stand? I'm going to ask for God's help uh, today to be peacemakers. People who are intentionally planting seeds so that there will be, when God chooses, a harvest. Harvest of goodness, harvest of kindness, harvest of peace. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for your love for us today. I thank you that more than we're oftentimes aware, you want to be our dad. You want to be close to us. You want to be intricately involved in our daily lives. Help us to be peacemakers. Help us to have a deep peace between ourselves and you. That strong, vibrant relationship anchors our life, not only takes care of our sin issue and gets our our permanent reservation in heaven, but it modifies our values such that our attitudes change. Lord, help us to be peacemakers with people that are easy to make peace with people that are easy to do kind things, things that we would call blessings to. But Lord, even more so, help us to be peacemakers to people who aren't going to reciprocate. In fact, maybe they're going to be mean again. Maybe they're going to bring up something again. They've brought up so many times you could tell the story. Lord, we want to just do our best to live out your example we might be called children.